Welcome to the Magic Potion Podcast, where a sprinkle and a dash can enhance your class. Listen to learn about tools, techniques, and stories from educators on ways to improve your lessons, create a positive culture, and much more. I'm your host, Kevin Reinemann, and now it's time to make it happen. Hello and welcome to episode 28, What I Brought Back from Columbus. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the Ohio Educational Technology Conference and some of the sessions I went to and what I brought back. Now, the conference was held in Columbus, Ohio on February 12th, 13th, and 14th of this year at the Greater Columbus Convention Center. You know, some years it's outstanding, fantastic. Some other years it's been a lot of sessions based on uh, vendors, a lot of, hey, here's my product, you should buy it type things. But this year it was really good for getting ideas from other teachers and other schools to bring back for uh, my school. So I'm really uh, looking forward to taking some of these ideas and rolling with them. So I gave two sessions. I presented, I debuted actually one of my new workshops, which was about maximizing efficiency and tools to help uh, with downtime in your classroom. And then I went to a session on esports, a few other ones there. And then I finished it off with doing my presentation on 3D printing in the classroom as well. So I just want to go over a couple of things that I picked up. First of all, if you are a school that's looking into esports, I have found out about this wonderful thing called Discord. So there's a whole community out there. Uh, there's one actually locally for the schools in my area that are looking to form a league here in the next few months. But there's also like a national high school esports conversation going on with Discord. So it allows you to pick the brains of people that are doing the exact same thing as uh, you might be looking to do. I tell you what, I'm very interested in esports and how they can help reach out to other students that just are not into traditional sports. Now, I know it's a tough thing to overcome. I had to do it myself. You know, my background is in coaching. I coached wrestling for a decade as well as, you know, wrestling myself for many years. And then I also coached golf for a couple years as well as baseball. So I am well-versed in traditional athletics. So it took me a while to overcome this whole idea that esports can actually be a thing that can run with the whole concept of sports. But I tell you what, after looking at it, researching it more, hearing from people that are out there in the field, it's something that we should really embrace and just run with because it gives students just another opportunity to work as a team and to demonstrate leadership. Not to mention, it opens it up for students with disabilities that couldn't play traditional sports, let alone uh, the students that may have difficulties in social aspects. Now they have a chance that they can be with like-minded people and then grow and work as a team and be ready for the future. So if you haven't given much consideration to esports, I tell you what, just just look into it for a little bit and you'll see all the opportunities out there. You know, one of the things that's been highlighted in almost every session I've went to is the fact that in 2018, the World Championships in the League of Legends game, which is basically a five versus five team where you're trying to take down uh, pillars to uh, defeat the other team. 
the world championships for that had a viewership of 200 million. Now, what you need to realize is that that 200 million viewership was more than Game 7 of the World Series, the NBA Finals, and the Super Bowl combined. That's how popular just this one game, just League of Legends, is on a global scale. So as you can imagine, there's obvious professional opportunities out there for our students. Now there's a few other main games that um, these teams are playing. Some of them are, are a tough sell for high schools because they're the first-person shooters. You know, that would be Overwatch and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. But other ones like League of Legends and Rocket League, which Rocket League is where your students are driving cars and playing soccer. So that's that's a pretty easy one. And if I'm able to um, get this approved at our school and, and get going with our students, I'm probably looking at doing League of Legends and Rocket League as uh, the two games that we'll be playing. So let me hop on over here to my notes. So, you know, what else What else from this going to know, getting to know eSports session? Now, this session was uh, kind of a panel-type session with, with representatives from Shawnee State University and uh, Akron University here in Ohio. Uh, one of the really interesting things that popped out to me was that um, Akron is offering a, a minimum of $1,000 scholarship to all team members. So regardless of where you fall in rank, I mean, obviously, the better you are, the more money you get. But bare minimum, everybody that makes the team at Akron is getting $1,000 scholarship. And that goes for the student coaches as well. Now, they have five teams that they have competing. They're, the games they are competing in are Hearthstone, League of Legends, Rocket League, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, and Overwatch. So what they did was they created a room that these student athletes can play in. And yes, I am going to call them student athletes because they are doing you know, just as much um, weight training and mental preparation as any other athletic activity. So, by golly, I'm going to call them student-athletes. Um, but they also created a room for recreational gaming because they were finding that there were students out there that liked to play these games, but they were staying in their dorm room, playing on their own equipment. So what this did was gives these students a chance to play on high-end equipment as well as getting out of their dorm and interacting with other people that share interests. It's building school pride, school spirit. They also have this Zips eSports network in which uh, student entrepreneurship can be demonstrated by these uh, students creating their own teams and social media and everything that goes along with that. So uh, some of the interesting facts they pointed out um, was that the industry has been growing annually at a rate of 35 to 40% over the past five years, and it's projected to be a $1.5 billion industry for 2019. And the, the jobs involved with esports are more than just playing the games. There's broadcasting, there's management, healthcare, there's designs for games, as well as, you know, uh, 3D, 3D design and, and everything goes with the uh, artistic aspect, as well as social media. So they, they gave out pointers on ways that you can pitch it to your board and your administration and uh, try and come up with your own team there. 
Now, the next session I want to talk to you about is was actually done by a previous guest on the podcast, and that's Becky Shiring from uh, Squirrels LLC out of Canton, Ohio. So her session was called It's Getting Hot in Here, which is higher, or, higher order thinking uh, techniques. So what Becky did was talked about different ways that we can do more than just the base level fact regurgitation type stuff and get students to think deeper. And she gave a few tools that we can use to get there, which number one, Padlet. She demonstrated Padlet. I have heard about Padlet many of times, but I've never actually taken the time to to use it myself. So Padlet is definitely on my list of things to do here real soon for uh, professional development and anytime I'm going to be working with students and needing to share resources. Uh, she pointed out a book called The Total Participation Techniques by Himmel and Himmel in 2011. I'm planning on snagging up a copy of that book. And, and it talks about different quadrants and where we want students to be with being engaged and being engaged with higher order thinking. So it's smashing engagement with Bloom's taxonomy. So it's completely awesome. Uh, one activity she talked about was connect four. So it doesn't matter what topic it is, but you're going to get your students to examine the topic from multiple perspectives. So they need to connect four. They have uh, examining something from their life and then taking that same topic. Let's just say it's uh, you know, the recycling for the sake of something easy to say. So recycling, how it affects their life. Now, the next one would be the media. What would the media's angle be on recycling? Next would be, what would the nation's view on recycling be? And finally, the world. So it gets students to think much more broad than just themselves. Another thing she talked about that allows students to think deeper and move forward is having them teach someone else what they have learned. And she stated that you need to announce this before you begin the content area because that changes their angle of thinking and interpreting the data because they're going to be focusing on, okay, well then how can I explain this to somebody else? The next tool she demonstrated was uh, a free website that you can go to. It's another one of those freemium model type things, but it was really cool. Like those hand-drawn doodles that you'll see on commercials and stuff sometime. This one's called My Simple Show. So you can write a script and put in your information and pick the icons and everything, and it'll make one of those hand drawings for you as it's going on. So this went right into our next topic about getting visual and this is where you're going to represent what you know by drawing, sketch noting, just some form of art. And it doesn't matter if you're good at art or not, but it's one of those uh, multiple intelligences. Plus, it helps with retaining information. And while she's talking about this, she also pointed out that one of the key areas that our students are going to need going into jobs in the future is new media literacy. So just a couple last two little tools that she she shared excuse me there auto draw if you have not come across this before it's a really fun one if you're terrible at drawing like myself you just start drawing on the on the in the web browser and it will try to pick up using uh, artificial intelligence what you are trying to draw and then give you like an icon like a professionally drawn version of it so it doesn't look uh, like garbage and your audience can actually tell what it was you were trying to draw uh, last one she shared was chartify now this session she did was normally like a two-hour session but it was crunched into a single one-hour session so she didn't get through everything she wanted um, but chartify 
this one's still in beta. So it allows you to just put in your numbers of what it, whatever it is that you've compiled. And then you decide what type of chart is it, pie chart, bar chart, you know, so on and so forth. And it will create that for you. Because as she was demonstrating, the way business is going now, in these board meetings and stuff, they're not looking for, you know, 10-page long reports. They just want the information. They want it now. They want infographics, basically. And charts are huge for that. So Chartify right now is a free tool. So get in on it while you can because eventually it'll probably end up monetized. So another neat thing that I came across that is apparently meant, nope, here it is, thought it was missing from my tabs, was that um, I didn't catch who did it, but somebody made a spreadsheet for the entire conference and shared it out via Twitter and said, hey, if you're going to a session, share the share your notes from that session. Now, unfortunately, it looks like a, what most people did was they just grabbed the presentation URLs because seems like everybody uses Google Slides, and I can't blame them. That's the same thing I use. So uh, I'm, I'll probably drop that in the show notes so you can go through and see all the different topics that were shared. Now, uh, obviously, they're not all on there. It looks like as I scroll down here, um, about 100, somewhere near 100 of the sessions are shared with uh, at least the presentation, if not notes, from somebody that was sitting in on the session. So, like I said, I'll share that at the end. Um, the last big thing I really want to share with you is another one of those tools that I've heard of, I keep seeing come up on social media, and it's just one that, for some reason, I keep putting off. But I'm definitely going to move forward, and that's Pear Deck, P-E-A-R-D-E-C-K. Now, this is an add-on for Google Slides, and it just takes, it's a freemium model like so many other tools out there. But what Pear Deck allows you to do is embed questions so that you, when you're ready to launch your slideshow, you, uh, you know, hit add-ons, turn on Pear Deck, and instead of hitting the present button that you normally would, you want to present from Pear Deck. And that's going to go straight to your students' devices. It'll give them a URL that they need to open up, and then they'll have to log in with their Google account. So I plan on using this in my future uh, sessions at conferences as well as any PD I do, one of those model what I'm talking about type things. And it's going to allow you to control the slideshow on their device. So it's like an all-eyes-on-me type thing. Whatever slide is up front is on their device, whether it's a tablet or whatever. They're just launching their web browser and then going to the website, and it's it's being delivered to them that way. Now, one of the interesting things that Pear Deck told me was that the research that they have come across says that the retention rate on the information is two times as much as just normally, you know, just doing a presentation up on the screen in front of the room. By having it on the device in front of them, students retain more. Now, the other great part about Pear Deck is that you can embed active questions. So you have your classic, you know, multiple choice, maybe formative type stuff like that. But you can also do quick little grabs of grab. Put the dot on where you're at. Like, are you comfortable? Do you, are you feeling confused? Or do I need to start from scratch with this? And the students can just drag their dots, drop it where it is. Now, with the uh, premium version, you as the teacher are then able to see what each student answered. On the free version, sorry, you can see the answers. You just can't see who said it, which kind of stinks, but somebody's got to make money somewhere. I get that. And it looks like it's about $150 for an entire year for one teacher. So that's that's kind of steep, um, but it's a pretty powerful tool. Like I said, um, 
I'm going to try out the uh, free trial of their premium version, see what I think about that. And then I might be investing that based off of the awesome things that I came across. Now, the really cool thing is that at the end, once you've given your presentation and they've you know taken their notes or put moved their dots and answered the questions that you are able to embed on the fly or have set up beforehand, when you hit finish, you're able to send them a copy. So they'll get it in their email, a copy of the presentation with the answers that they gave. So I really, really, really suggest checking out Pear Deck, especially if you're already using making slideshows for your classroom. Um, I know a lot of people have kind of moved away from doing that, but other ones, you know, it's kind of a necessary evil in a lot of content areas. So I'd highly suggest checking that one out. And, you know, you can always make your presentation in PowerPoint or Keynote and then move it over to slides and just have it converted to the slides format. So those are the big things I took away from the Ohio Educational Technology Conference in Columbus, Ohio. So looking forward to touching base with all of you next week. If you like what you hear, please, please, please share it with your friends. Hit the subscribe button and give me some feedback. Let me know what you'd like to hear more about. As always, go out there and make it happen. Thank you for listening to the Magic Potion Podcast. This podcast was created using Anchor FM. Please subscribe and leave comments with your thoughts and ideas from the classroom. Until next time, get out there and make it happen.